0: Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Deliberation Experience. This is your host, Conscious Cliff, here with another episode. This pop up number sixteen. That's right. Hope everybody has had a great week, um, wherever you are. It's either really warm or really cold. I hope that you are either bundled up or enjoying the weather, wherever you are. Um getting closer and closer to finishing this book. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really hoping that it helps some people. I'm really hoping that some people will learn from it and use it as an opportunity to have conversations with people um, that maybe didn't feel comfortable talking with them about certain things before, or at least maybe having uncomfortable conversations that they might not have thought to have before. And hopefully it will be something, again, like every other book that comes out in this category that will um, undoubtedly help somebody um, and make at least a few less rusty people in the world. (laughs) Honestly, we really shouldn't have to be dealing with this at this point in time. It's 2022, we're in the 21st century. Um, This has been a thing for a while, right? And... As I've been writing the book, I've been looking at different topics, kind of thinking about should I include this, should I include that? And some things make it, some things don't. Um, and so one of the things that I've been really looking at, um, I heard an interview from Young Jock talking about the state of hip hop music or rap music talking about it as a form of poison and for starters he's not someone i would generally um expect such a deep comment from in general young know, jock is not a very public guy he he's on the or at least he, i don't know if he still is but he was on a reality show for a while and um he doesn't do a whole lot of appearances. He's not known for being an activist or anything that I'm aware of. And so um, it's been on my mind a lot, like really thinking about it. And we think about hip-hop, it's something that came about as a means for black folks to to express themselves about the living conditions they were in up in New York, mostly the projects in the hood. Um, and then another aspect of it was the party side of it, like, hey, let's 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 make something to make us feel better and kind of forget about our problems for a little bit, so you have always had two aspects of the music, right one was the forget your problems the other one was let's talk about the the brutal reality of the world we live in, and you know for a while talking about. Living in poverty, living in crime, gangs, drugs, selling it, seeing it, being around it, the problems it causes, all those things. Everything was on the table, boom. As time goes by, you get to late 80s, it becomes, it starts to slowly become commercialized. And during this period, there's a lot of back and forth from white record labels and Suburban white folks who had nothing to do with the music to begin with wanted to put their opinions and voices about it out in the open. Didn't want it to be a music form, denied its existence as a a form of music, and you know, um, attempted to dehumanize the people who made the music, um, demean them, belittle them, insulted them. Then, when that didn't work, <clears throat> Tried to pass laws to censor the music to keep it from being produced. And whether you like it or not, the Constitution gives us free speech all day long. Say whatever I want to say, type whatever I want to type, you know, um, print whatever I want to print, freedom of the press. Um, and so that's where we get the explicit lyrics labels on the albums that that was all because of us right or them rather. and so that didn't stop them and then when NWA defied the FBI and basically told them to go F themselves and they put their album out anyways and several lawsuits later we now have a world where here in America Hip hop or rap music is the most popular form of music in the entire country. Passing up pop music, passing up rock music, passing up country, blues, jazz, everything, EDM—it is number one. It dominates, and I dare—I might dare even say that it's not even close when it comes to how much money is, is generated by hip hop music or the culture. And it is something that was created solely, solely by black people. Now you had some early people in the beginning who were artists that were white or Latino or whatever. But the music itself, the culture itself was created by black folks. And it's ours. Always has been. And hopefully it will continue to be for a long time. But what we have seen in the last probably 20 or 30 years is a shift where you had kind of 80s and 90s for a while, you had kind of a balance of music that was considered conscious and music that was just whatever, right? The party, the gangster music, the party music and all that stuff. And it's kind of, the pendulum has swung disproportionately now towards all the other stuff. And conscious music is is, is very uh, far and few between. There, there's not very many artists in that sector, um, at least not a lot that are popular. Everybody wants to hear the the bright, shiny, flashy stuff nobody wants to hear, the brutal honesty of of, of what we're really dealing with um, externally, I guess you could say. And it's created a situation where it has become so commercialized that it appears as if record label executives and the artist's have created um, an environment where only music that is promoting a violence and um, drugs and just self-destructive behaviors and habits have become the normal topic of music repeatedly, right? Like artists like Future, Migos, um, a lot of the white rappers... They're kind of a given, though. Um, and a lot of the younger artists that are coming up, a lot of them, I don't know their names. But I hear it. I hear it from time to time. And I'm not trying to generalize by any means. But there's a lot of songs that are on the radio. Top 5, top 10, top 20, whatever. And the main focus is kind of auto-tune. How drunk can you get? How high can you get? Da-da-da-da. And it was like that in the 90s, too. I get it. But I think what we're looking at is a disproportionate amount of artists doing that now versus then. And I could be wrong. But um, it brings up at the point of who is in control of the music more? The artists or the record executives? And if it is the executives... We have an issue of a colonizer-like oppression system forcing artists to promote internalized self-hatred on their own people, much like crack. If it's solely on the artist, then we have a problem of giving too much money, too much influence to people who are ignorant and have grown up in an environment where self-hatred is acceptable and is being allowed to be just broadcast everywhere, right? Because what we know is black-on-black crime is not exclusive to black people. Intra-racial violence, as we all know, is about the same for everybody. There's white-on-white crime, there's black-on-black crime, there's brown-on-brown crime. It's all relative to where you live and who your neighbors are, right? And what we know from history is that redlining prevented a lot of black people from moving out of their neighborhoods and their communities at the order of the government and bank loan officers and, and whoever else is involved. To keep them in their place. Keep them in their part of the city. Or to keep them part of their town. Do not let them move into these nice white suburbs that they were creating. That's why we have all these areas of every city, every town has a black community. Where it looks a little older. And you know people have been living there forever. Right? They're like why did they move? It's not that they didn't want to. They weren't given a choice. And I'm not saying that they should have, but for the ones who wanted to or tried to and didn't or could not, this is the reason why. And this is also a a factor into why black communities um, and, and things are the way that they are. Redlining. Redlining put a whole stop to that. Business loans, home loans, you know, or just even flat up trying to buy a house. In certain neighborhoods where white folks were moving to. They wouldn't let you move out. If you were in their redlined. Part of the city. You could move out of it. And so. What we're looking at is. Internalized self-hatred being broadcast through hip-hop music. To black people. Which then. Encourages. And indoctrinates and enables younger black men, black children, to think that way, behave that way, and feel like that is normal, okay, acceptable, um, and not realize that there's something wrong with that idea. No other music form in the world is like this. Black people are the only people in the world that make music where there is pride being taken and killing our own people. Think about it. You don't hear Asian people doing it. (laughs) You don't hear country music singers doing it. You don't hear pop artists talking about, you know, or white folks talking about in their music. You're not going to hear a song about British Spears talking about popping a cap in some other blonde girl for stealing her man or for, you know, crossing her or treating her a certain kind of way. You're not going to hear Justin Timberlake doing it. You're not going to hear um, Garth Brooks, you know, any of those guys. You don't hear it in classical music. You don't hear it in blues or bluegrass music. Only in hip hop music has this become normalized. Now I get it in the beginning it was gangster music and they were talking about what they what they had lived through, what they a lived experience and what they had survived and things like that. But I think there's a difference in talking about what you have survived and been through versus the glamorizing of it. Especially for some of these rappers who did not live in that environment, but are pretending for the cameras and for the media and for the record labels and putting that out there. Which then also brings me to the issue of white rappers. First of all, there's been a lot of questions online about can they say they didn't work? Of course not. No. Your profession does not dictate you being able to use a racial slur. It's one of the dumbest questions I've ever heard in my life. Rap music is not native to white people. (laughs) Hip-hop is not native to white people. Just because they grew up listening to it doesn't mean they're a part of the culture. Right? It's like if black people went to Japan and tried to claim... You know, some sort of entitlement to being a samurai or a ninja or whatever type of traditional culture that they had over there. You can't just go after it's already been started and not have anything to do with it. Talk trash about it at the beginning and then want to make money off of it. Go into it as a, a hobby and a career. Profit from it. And then use the racial slurs that have been used to target the people who created that form of um, music from their own culture and then use their own racial slurs against them? Come on, people. We gotta be smarter than this. We've talked about this before. Cultural appropriation is a real issue. It's a real problem. And we have to stop giving all of our stuff away so easily. We don't even make them work for it anymore, right? Iggy Azalea came in, white girl from Australia. She does her black accent, right? Whole lot of people think she was cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, she sounds just like us. We have to support her. We have to buy her album. And she came out with that All Lives Matter shit. Boom, dumb. She hits you with the one and two, right? Real quick, right? Never apologized. To this day, still has not apologized. And what I don't think a lot of people realize is Australia has a big problem with racism too. There are a lot of racist white people in Australia, especially when it comes to aboriginals and indigenous peoples. Which almost kind of makes it a bigger issue, really, when you talk about Iggy Azalea, The girl should have never been given a rap album, should have never been Taken in and really it's the fault of all the of all the black artists that supported her and did songs with her and promoted her and toured with her, helped her out, trained her, gave her money, helped her, you know, do whatever. Got her a record deal, introduced her who to whoever. That's all on them. The blood is on their hands. A hundred percent. Why would you give a record deal or do an album with Iggy Azalea without verifying who she is or how she thinks when you can go right down your own neighborhood or right down the street and find some other black woman to give a record deal to? Did we forget that we're one of the most unemployed groups in America? Disproportionately we are so bent on having to feel like we have to help the people who oppress us that we overlook our own people in the process. Justin Bieber. Vanilla Ice. Right? There's a thousand kids, black children, that can sing better than Justin Bieber who could have had a better career and actually contributed something to R&B or hip hop a lot more than Justin Bieber could have. He doesn't even live in America. And yet, what do we do? We had Usher go from Atlanta to Canada, give this kid a job doing music. That's not even his. When there's literally probably, you know, Thousands and thousands of talented kids who could have done just as good or better from his own community. But we keep passing up our own people. And it may sound heartless, but that's the truth. Right? Instead of supporting a black business, we go and spend our money somewhere over here. We spend our money on Balenciaga. We spend our money on Versace. We spend our money on Gucci. We spend our money on uh, Hill figure, Calvin Klein, KFC, right? Instead of going down the street, instead of putting our money in the black business or helping out someone from our own community. What I think, um, about possible solutions for this there was another brother on the internet his video went viral for for a while talking about how he doesn't let his brother his little brother listen to self destructive music specifically violence so any song where artists talking about killing each other right glorifying it promoting it He doesn't let his little brother listen to it. And I think that is amazing. And I think that more of these artists that claim to be activists who claim to care about their own people should be the ones leading the way on this. Should be the ones leading an effort to make music without this stereotype, without this trope, without this demeaning aspect that maybe Record executives are pushing on them. Maybe not. I mean, they would not even have a job if it wasn't for black people to begin with. They got a problem with it. Put them on blast. Right? I mean, hey, if you're really such a gangster and you're not scared of nobody and you really know how to use your guns or you really know how to, you kind of throw your way around as a personality, as an influencer, as as an artist, a celebrity, then expose them. Expose them for who they are. Don't be a coward when it comes to white folks. You so big and bad, want to kill your own people. But when it comes to white folks, you turn into the biggest coward there is. Pick one. Either you brave or you're not. Either you're a man or you're not. It's not a whole lot of in between there. Either you have the courage to do something you know you should do, or you don't have that courage. This should not be a struggle. It really shouldn't be. Especially for artists who talk about how much they care about their own people, about their own communities, their own family. I mean, do they forget that they have black family members? You're black people. You came from a black mother and a black father. Good Lord. I mean, we just don't care about them either. And what's the worst that can happen anyways? You already got your money, right? They can't fire you. (laughs) If you you get enough money to have your studio in your own home, they can't keep you from making music. They can't make you, they can't keep you from selling your own album. So what is really the holdup? What is there to keep you back other than making some white folks uncomfortable? I mean, really, if just half the rappers got together and bought their own record label, bought their own studio... What is to keep you from, from doing the right thing here? There's nothing. There's nothing stopping these guys. Martin Luther King got up. Malcolm X got up. Uh, Ella Baker. Uh, Henry Lou Famer. Stokely Carmichael. Huey Newton. Bobby Seale. Angela Davis. They got up every single day. Knowing their life could be taken from them. Their family. They might not be able to see them no more. Every single morning they got up and did what they had to do, did the right thing, no matter what the consequences were, no matter what the sacrifice was all the so that their people would have a better chance of having a better life, even if they weren't there to see it happen. That's what they did, and now we have people with money who actually have the ability to influence politicians, record executives, and the people in their community. And have next to nothing when it comes to economic vulnerability and still won't speak up. But want to talk about and brag about how tough you are, how about you start to show it? Show it. Prove it. What we need is more action and less talk. And we really need... To rethink the way we look at things. And I'm not saying to to, to ban rap music or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is being more responsible for the artist. About what you put out into the universe. Because at some point it might come back to you. To your family. To your kids. To a cousin. An uncle. You know. Especially if they're still living... In a dangerous area. But then also. The people buying it. Have to make up their minds. What is acceptable behavior? What is acceptable music? What you, what you buy. Is what you support. And what you support. Is what you condone. That's the power of the consumer. If you don't buy it. It doesn't become successful. If enough people don't buy it. Whoever is selling the product has to either evolve. Or disappear. Adapt or die. Same thing with corporations. Same thing with political parties. Same thing with. You know any other type of. Business. uh, uh, Even employers. If no one shows up to work. They can't make money. They can't make money. They have to shut down. That's why you have unions. Right? The people. Are the ones who have the power. Over those in charge. It's just a matter of realizing it. And acting on it. Anyways. That's my thoughts for today. Something to think about maybe. um, For the rest of the weekend. And I hope you enjoy your Saturday and Sunday. And be safe. For those of you who are in cold areas. Bundle up. Because winter is just starting. And there's no telling how this year is going to go. But I hope everybody has a safe and wonderful weekend. Bye.